have in common, what you love and what you don't. Come out with the boys in the woods. Welcome, everybody, to the Boys in the Woods podcast. Today we have Thomas Reed. Welcome, Thomas. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me. So uh, let's, let's get right into it. Like, tell us your story. I mean, I'd love to hear it. I know you um, you, you posted some stuff there about cystic fibrosis. You're a survivor. They're doing pretty good. You're uh, Looks like you're putting the word out. I've seen some stuff on there about you were an EMT. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a, I, I was diagnosed with CF when I was about two years old. Uh, CF is a genetic lung disease. So yep. it's obviously something that you get from your parents. And we really didn't know about it until I was... Uh, when I got diagnosed at two, you get super malnourished from it. Uh, a lot of babies are colicky from it. And I was right. exactly that. I was colicky. I just wasn't really feeling good. And I was just always giving my parents a hard time. So they brought me to the doctor and they kind of found out that I had CF. And it's pretty cool, actually. The way that they test for it is called a sweat test. So they put this little band on your ankle. And if it turns red, you have CF. If it stays white, then you're all good and you don't have CF. You know, I've had a lot of challenges my entire life with CF. Uh, but I've never really let it define me. But in those challenges, it kind of shaped who who I am as a person. So that kind of started when I was really young. My parents got me into karate when I was really young. Uh, and I progressed in that. And I was always that kid that I'd rather go do karate and be physically active in that sense than go play baseball or football. So that's how I kind of how I started really getting into physical fitness and setting goals for myself was at a young age. And that was all because really my parents. And I'm trying to get that that message out there for CF and for people to understand that your mindset for the things that you do is really super important. Because a lot of times I think we focus on the tangible things that we do in our life, like eating right or going to the gym and doing all those things. But I think without having the right mindset, it's very difficult to get to that spot where you want to do stuff. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we, uh, one of our first ever podcasts we ever did was with a woman who uh, was into a lot of mental health, like for, I don't know, it was like she uh, ran a drug ring in Australia and she hid it from her entire family. They had no idea what was going on. And I think she's two years sober and she's completely changed her life around. She wrote a book. Her name is Nick Kahlo. Uh, shout out to Nick Kahlo and thank you for the book. Um, I'm halfway through right now. There's a lot of mental health coaching in there and really helps people put in perspective that your mental health is just as important as your physical health. I mean, it can change who you are as a person and can also create greater opportunities for you if you put your mind to something and just go for it, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. And like, I feel like a lot of times people limit themselves to what they can do because of maybe the stigma attached to what, uh, attached to either their disease or to their, their problems that they're facing, right? So like, I am a kind of a big proponent of mental health too, because I will get into it a little bit, but I lost my dad to suicide. So and I lost my, my mom at a very young age too. So I grew up when I was 16 years old with or 17 years old with one parent. And then I lost my other parent very shortly thereafter, right before COVID. So for me, I feel like a lot of the struggles and things that I did beforehand when I was younger, it set me up to be able to accomplish those things when I got when I got older. And like another another big part of that was getting into firearms, right? And I know like we kind of connected through like Instagram and you saw my page a little bit, but that's that journey was simply based on loss. And I know that kind of sounds like cold and dark, but it's right. true. But a big part of, I, again, mental health, I feel like is not limiting yourself based upon what other people tell you it is, right? And like, for example, when I when I was diagnosed with CF, like they thought it was a death sentence. Like yeah. back then, that was it. It was like two years old. And what's crazy is that there, there could be two different types, um, for example, like uh, twins, right? Yeah. One can die at the age of two 
and the other one can die at the age of 45. Like it's just it, the, the vast array of symptoms and things that can happen. But with that, again, I feel like a lot of people place stigmas on you can't do certain things because of something instead of just being like, no, I'm going to go do it. And if you don't like it, too bad, you know? Right. Um, yeah. One thing I guess I wanted to touch on is uh, your, your podcast. I, did, I listened to it and I was like, man, it, I got to hear a little bit of the story, your background. You, you talked about some of that stuff too. Really incredible that you started this podcast. See, ours is like comedy, sports. Yeah, we do interviews like this, but you know, a lot it's it's nonprofit. We don't make money off this, but we I enjoy talking to people, I enjoy meeting new people, and I enjoy helping people. I mean, that's the whole reason behind the whole thing. But yours, um, I think what really got me is the fact that you started it and you knew what you're gonna do with it. You know, you ran with it and you're, you're going to take it somewhere. And I really hope that it leads you into some really great opportunities, things that you can do and uh, you can help people. Because I, I tell you what, it got me and I was just thumbing through your page, you know, like just sounds like a great opportunity. To, I'd like to know what you uh, what do you have going? What's going on next with the podcast? What are you uh, what are you hoping for? You're going to get so some. First, uh, sorry, yeah. So first off, can, thank you. I appreciate that. that. That means a lot. Uh, so every day, I'm, I'm a full-time paramedic, right? And I'm progressing my field into becoming a flight paramedic and doing other stuff like critical care-wise. But I help a lot of people tangibly every day, like their sick heart, or they call 911 because they have abdominal pain or something, right? right? And a lot of times, we don't focus on the mental health unless it's a mental health crisis. And like, I feel like at that mental health crisis, that shit's way too far gone, man. Like it, it's yeah. so you're so far down that rabbit hole now. Now the police are involved now. Like, and I, 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 I hate saying this, but it's true. Right? When, right. when people have like a mental health crisis and something happens and you get checked into a hospital because you need it, right. That follows you forever. Like there's no way to go back from that. Like instead of nipping it in the bud early and fixing the problems that you might have to face early, once you're down that path, it's you're just you're down that path and it's hard to recover from that. And one of the big things that I wanted to focus on for my podcast and like just sharing my story is just helping other people, right? Like I help everybody every day. And I feel like if I can share some of my story, we forget that other people go through things every single day. And a lot of times those struggles are way worse than what we really think. And to be brutally honest with you, I'm super lucky, man. Like I'm not in a wheelchair. Like I can go do all of the things that I want to accomplish and do every single day. Yeah. Do I have some limitations and do I have some, some problems that I have to face? Sure. But who doesn't, right? Right. Like everybody does. So by me starting this podcast and sharing some of that story with everybody, I hope that it can inspire some people to a be a better person, right? Or try to be and realize that just because you have something shouldn't deter you from doing something else. And I I feel like a lot of podcasts, or at least I think it was hard for me to find a, a mental like a mindset podcast and not talking about like eating better or doing those things, but like really, really diving into the the shit that nobody wants to talk about. Right. Like, you- because everybody likes rainbows and sunshines, right? Like everybody yeah. likes the, the, the positive stuff's like going on your, on your phone and getting that dopamine hit, but nobody wants to talk about the hard stuff, but that hard right. stuff is sometimes what you have to talk about in order to get better. Yeah. If you really do like go, do a lot of research there on um, people try to promote themselves or promote a brand, um, promote a product. Um, I mean, a lot of it is a CBD stuff and they're, they're trying to they're drug people, you know, they're trying to sell something. Yeah. And I mean, that's at the end of the day, it's not that's not what you really should be doing. I mean, you're are you helping people? Some people probably thinking that that's the only answer. The, the cure is a cure all. Yeah. And, and I also think that like personally for me, right, like what I focus on, like firearms is my my hobby. Right. Yeah. 
I think that you shouldn't just look for one at one person or one company to do to like sell it all, right? Because everybody wants like that magic pill that just you take and everything is all great and you're you're a hundred percent better. And I even said or like said this in my podcast, like I hope that you don't use me as a hundred percent of the answer for you. Like use a little bit of me, but also look at other stuff too. And like a look at other people to mold yourself into a into the person that you want to be. Right. Like everybody wants to have like the best mindset. Well you can't do that by doing it overnight. You have to slowly progressively do it. It's like going to the gym. And you also on top of that have to do it with intent to stick to that plan over time and maybe use three, four, five, six, seven different people's mindset and their uh, challenges that they have overcome in order to mold you into the person Person that you want to be because not everybody is the same and everybody's different. I know this. I'm a recovering alcoholic. You I mean I absolutely fell off the wagon multiple times. I mean, there's lots of things in my life that have, you know, triggered me mentally, like emotionally. Like they always thought that I could. I was stronger than that. I was a bigger person. I could always do these things, you know. And um, yeah, for for a long time in my life, I thought, you know, I could go without people. I can I can handle this. I can take care of it. It doesn't matter how big of a person you are. It's just it's a mental block that you have to get past. And if you can't get past that, you you have to ask for help. And sometimes that help is falling completely off the rails to the point where other people have to pick you up. I mean, and you have to you have to accept that help. Otherwise, you're not going to get better. Period. You know. Yeah, definitely. Well, congratulations on on your journey because I know that's not easy. And like, I don't know what that's like, but my dad before uh, he committed right. suicide he was a cop in, in the city in NYPD and he was at 9-11 and had some some stuff that he went through and he became kind of an alcoholic and, and had some problems after that and like there's a couple times when he would call me at literally three in the morning and be like hey dude like I've been drinking again can you help me and like I, I part of that is having a good support system and I'm sure you know right like having people there to support you to allow you to facilitate your end goals is super important everybody just thinks that it just focused uh, solely on you right. and yeah you have a big portion of that but you still need people in your life to help you push past and do things you know I mean I if I, if you agree or disagree, I mean, that's just how I view it. Because when I was younger, like when I was four or five years old with CF, I needed my parents to facilitate me to get into physical activity, to do things, to make me better in my life. And I couldn't do that by myself, right? You need a support system. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's that's a number one thing for sure, your support system. And if you don't surround yourself with the right people, it's almost like you go backwards. Like you take two steps forward and go three, four steps back. Yeah, I have great people in my life. I mean, um, my girlfriend's family, they've been incredible to me, my own family family's been, you know, great to me too. You know, if I didn't have those people in my life, I got my kids. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many things that are positive now. I mean, this podcast is also an outlet for me too, you know, to help me mentally, emotionally too, you know, kind of like get a little bit out. And I also like meeting people. I mean, this has been fantastic for me to be able to, all these people that I've talked to, I mean, some of them comics, you know, comedians, people that, yeah, they, they try to have a little bit of a lighter side of it, you know, they joke around and stuff, but everybody seems to come from a different place, but we all meet in the middle in the same road and we can all laugh or we can all smile or we can tell a joke or we can tell a story and we connect in a way that I think is very important for people. And I think that we kind of lost that too as a society. Like we don't talk anymore. Families don't talk. Like they don't ask their kids how their day was. They come home from school and they either they jump on an iPhone, an iPad, a computer and just, you know, they disconnect, you know? Yeah. It's like when I was, when I was younger, like I had to be home on Sunday night at six o'clock for dinner every single week. And if I wasn't like, I could expect to hear it. And I I feel like a lot of times, like we don't, we don't stick to that anymore. Like I used to look forward to telling my parents how my day was or what my good, what something I accomplished in school or what I didn't accomplish. Right. Like, and I feel now and personally in society, like there are two people that can have differences of opinions. 
and they hate each other yeah. where it, it used to be like if you have differences of opinions well okay cool like i agree to disagree but we could still be friends we could still shake hands like adults and go have a beer together or go hang out together and like i feel that that camaraderie from people in society is like broken and i don't know if it's because like COVID kind of got in the middle of that and like all of a sudden now everybody's on a phone or like we like my wife and i go out to dinner and our rule is no phones like if we're out to dinner like on a nice date put your phone down like you can go without going on it for 45 minutes the world is not going to (laughs) explode right you know like, exactly like i see like some kids at dinner like and the parents just shove the ipad in their face and like yeah there's extenuating circumstances right but for the most part like why don't you have a conversation or let them color or like give them crayons like what happened to that what happened to crayons and like drawing on the table and stuff we were we were kids they used to give us that like we'd go places yeah. and they'd, they'd give the kids crayons well i mean nowadays they're probably more likely to throw them at each other but <laughs> Uh, yeah and and like i said for me trying to share my story to hopefully be a positive outlet for people and i i mean the negative is everywhere right and i think the negative is easier to accept than the positive right the positive is always kind of that harder road that you have to take the harder road of that is accepting it and making yourself a better person each and every day regardless of what negative aspects come into your life or, or or don't come into your life right you have to have that mindset to get better every single day and i've tried to do that and i'll be honest like i fell off doing that for a while like i kind of got so wrapped up in work and you know going back to school and doing stuff and like just family and then i was like what happened man like i used to do all these things so much and i don't really do them anymore why not why haven't i done that it's because we get complacent. We're humans, right? We're animals. We get complacent. And again, by sharing my story and sharing these things, I hope that can inspire somebody to go out and be like, hey, you know what? I've never done, I haven't done that, but I want to go do that. Sure. One thing that I did notice is, uh, I, you know, the old lady, she's going back to the gym and she's, it's hard to push yourself to get back into doing that, whether it be like a mental thing too. Like you got to like get yourself in the right mindset to be able to go and um, yes, I haven't done this in a while. I need to focus on myself. You got to take some me time, got to be able to focus on what's important to you, you know, to benefit yourself mentally. Uh, it's it's a muscle just like it is, you know, with your physical body. Like if you don't work it, you don't exercise it. But when you start doing it, it feels great. You know, you feel better. I mean, there's there's got to be something to that. I mean, I'm not a mental health coach, but there definitely is a lot of people out there who say that. And they're not just saying it because it's something to say. It, it There must be something to it. And the more that I think about it, the more it's true. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just from like a medical standpoint, right? And the only reason I have a little bit of knowledge is I'm a medic, right? <laughs> right. And I'm not just talking out of sunshine, but like yeah. you're, when you start exercising and you're doing those things, your body is releasing endorphins, you're releasing dopamine, you're de- releasing more epinephrine and all these uh, mediators that your body has to make you feel better, right? So like when you go to the gym and uh, personally, I feel like motivation is one one hundredth of you doing something. It's about discipline, right? right. Motivation comes and goes, right? You could wake up at five o'clock in the morning when it's the middle of February and it's cold out and you don't want to go to your car, but the discipline is going to get you to get out of bed and go and go to the gym. And I feel like if you can set yourself up on a plan to just, and again, I'm no, I'm no angel, man. Like I haven't done it too, but by setting yourself up for just having good discipline and doing it, just make, and you go to the gym every single day. It only is going to make you better, right? It's going to prolong your life. It's, going to hopefully stop you from getting either diabetes or hypertension or some of these other like diseases that you see people and you're like, man, like I never want to live like that. So what can I do now to make myself better? You know? 
Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's really powerful. Yeah, the, I never really thought about it that way. That's that's actually an excellent point. Discipline, for sure, hundred percent. I I agree with that. That is motivation does come and go. I mean, every day I don't want to go to work. Um, I go because I need a paycheck because <laughs> I need money. Yeah. You know, and that's discipline. Like it's not it's not. Oh man, yeah, I'm pushing myself to go to work. No, at the end of the day, you know you need to go to work because if you don't, you're not going to pay your bills and they're going to take stuff away from you that you like. Yeah, yeah, and, and like even on like a smaller smaller thing of that right like for me like yeah motivation is great and always like you go to the gym and you feel good but then when it's when your time comes where you're like i don't want to get out of bed or i don't want to go to work you don't want to do these things you have to just be disciplined and that's the hardest part of it all right like we talk about like like what's hard and what's easy and what's kind of something you don't want to do that is the to me having that discipline to do it every single day i think is, is the hardest part of that all you know, like once you get to the gym, you're like, all right, I'm good. Like, I feel better now. Even if you're like, you just start, but it's getting in, doing those things or getting in your car and going to work and doing those things. The discipline is the part that you have to have. I mean, I, I deal with it every day at work. I mean, I'm a calibration technician. I don't know anything about medical or any of that stuff, but we work in the medical field. Like we, we calibrate some of their equipment and I see these people going to work every day and I'm like, man, you know, these, these, these nine to five jobs or these people are sitting on an assembly line. I used to do it. I used to work third shift at a uh, Lear Corporation. We built the third row seating for Jeep Cherokees, Dodge Durango, stuff like that. It was very monotonous, very, you know, wasn't, there was nothing. It was very unfulfilling work. I could just see different things, but it's like, how do these people, then I think about it, I'm like, they're doing the same thing I am. It's just, it's their discipline. You know, they, they go to do this job and I can't even do mine. Like I'm thinking about it. I'm like, this is crazy, yeah, but it's the same thing. You have to train yourself to do that. Yeah. And I, I'll be honest. I give those people a lot of credit because I tried a desk job and I, I had to get up every like 45 minutes because my ass was falling asleep. Like oh, I just yeah, can't sure. do it. Like I have to be up and moving around. And like yeah. I, I, to me, I think because I was only expected to live until like the average life expectancy for CF. I mean, not now, but when I was a little younger was is 37 years old. Yeah. So like when I was 20 years old and I looked it up and I was the age is 37, you're like, man, like I only have another 17 years. Like you're putting that mental clock in your head. Yeah. And, and I feel like that, I've always been goal oriented, like, and that was mainly because of my parents. Like, they always made me go out and strive to do more and to and to better myself. But then, when I got to the age where it was up to me to make those decisions, right? Like, if you think about it, a sixteen-year-old is looking at their colleges, and that can determine the rest of your life, right? Yeah, and it's like some of these kids that, like, I mean, for me, like when I was seventeen, like I was in school to be a pilot. Like, I, I got my pilot's license when I was just turned nineteen. Wow, but I got that only because I got pushed to do it. But if in reality, like I wanted to do it because I didn't want to have the fear of looking back when I was 65 years old and being like, man, I should have done that. Like that regret eats at me every day. I mean, and honestly, even until like this day, like I'm always and I again, I kind of let it fall off a little bit. But that fear of not achieving my full potential as a person, I think started when I really started to look at the life expectancy of, of someone with CF. And I was like, well, if I only have 17 years to do all this, like, let's go. Time to go. Do it. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like at this point in my life, it was really important for me to really start going and being a better person at a young age because I had that shortened life expectancy, at least for me, at least for my, my perspective. Yeah. There's, there's always something that pushes us. I mean, I'm really, really, really 
incredibly impressed with all the things that you've accomplished. That really just blows my mind. 19 years old, you had your pilot's license. <laughs> yeah. So the funny thing is, is I actually flew a plane before I drove a car. So I started flying when I was 14. So my nice. dad was a big dude. He was six foot, like six, three and weighed like 280 pounds. And he was like bench pressing like five Oh five. Right. So he was a big dude yeah. and I was, I'm small. I only weigh 115 pounds and yeah. I was born at two pounds, 14 ounces. Like I was a tiny dude and I always right. have been. So for me, fitting in a Cessna, it's money, dude. Nice and easy, <laughs> right? But him trying to sit in the back, that was not not that easy. But he still did it because he wanted me to achieve my goals, you know. Like, yeah. and I, I think, <laughs> I think by him, and and even to this day, like, so when I got my pilot's license, I didn't really screw up something, but I maybe didn't do as much research as I should have done when I was meeting with my uh, examiner. Right. And I was, dude, I was so nervous. Like, I was nineteen. Like, I was really nervous, and I had a like an older, an older man giving me yeah. my exam to go fly a plane over Long Island. And I went to my dad and I was like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to pass this. Like, he's like, come on, bro. You're good. I'm like, I don't know. I'm really nervous. And by him saying, and even if you fail, I don't care how much money it is. We'll do it again and again yeah. and again and again until you pass. And for me, even from that age when I was 14, when he got in the back of that small Cessna to the time when I took my exam, him pushing me, regardless if I was going to fail or not, I think set me up for the future, right? Like, and even when I was younger, so I, I've been doing karate since I was three. Yeah. I have my third degree black belt in American Kempo. I've been doing jujitsu. I fought kickboxing for like three or four fights. Like I, I, yeah. I, I, I've done a lot of stuff, but the point was that I always had somebody in my corner to push me and I, and it wasn't about motivation. It was about that discipline, right? Someone to push me regardless of failure to achieve the goals that I wanted to do. And now like now that my parents are gone, it allowed me to really have that mindset to just keep going. Like something's going to click, man. Like no matter how much you fail, you're always going to have a positive experience out of something because even if you fail, you learn. And I, I think, I think a lot of times we forget that. Like we just focus on that failure of like, why me? That victim mentality, like why me? Why is it always me? Why is it always me? Instead of being like, well, that sucked, but we could figure it out. And I learned something from it. You know, I, and, and again, that whole, and just from being at a small age, at a young age, rather, it allowed me to just develop that mindset to just get better and better and better. I'm assuming your wife is a big, uh, <laughs> she's a big fan. She kind of pushes you towards the podcast and she pushed you into exploring all this stuff. You know, she's probably been a big impact on your life when it comes to all this stuff too, I'm assuming. Yeah, huge. I mean, she's always supported me for whatever I've done. Like, as you can tell, I'm a little bit outgoing. So like, yeah. I've always tried to do stuff to kind yeah. of pushes that limit. And she has always been there to be like, hey, not my favorite thing you're doing. But yeah, we could do it. Like, right. and always having that support in order to get to be better. And <laughs> it's funny, because like, every time I want to do something new, she's like, you sure you want to do that? It might not be a good idea. I'm like, yeah, whatever. If I fail, I fail. I'll figure it out. <laughs> right. I'll find out when I go in when I'm in the middle of it. And I don't want to do it yeah, anymore. Yeah. For real. Yep. Definitely. And that like, and part of that story, and part of that, my life is what led me really into firearms. When I lost my, my dad, unfortunately, I was the one who found him, right? Like came in, came to the door and unfortunately he was there. And that, and my, so my dad and I weren't, we were very, very, very close when I was younger. As I got older, we were very close. We really didn't speak for like two or three years just because of his drinking and, and just, uh, it was just bad, just a bad situation. Right. And then all of a sudden, one day I got a phone call from a random number and I was like, hello, who's this? And he's like, uh, it's dad. 
And I was like, what's up? Like, not really. I was kind of skeptical. Like, I, I, I haven't talked to him in a very long time. And all of a sudden, he wanted to come back into my life. And I was uh, probably about 17 and a half. And then... He said, hey, I'd like to just go get a cup of coffee with you and talk. And I was like, yeah, sure. We, we talked and hashed it out. And then we became very, very, very close after that because now I, as an, he, under, he looked at me as an adult, not so much of that 10-year-old kid. Right. And when I found him like that, that broke me, man. Like yeah. I was... I was in rough shape. Like, and I pushed Pete a lot of people away, not consciously. Like I did it just because I was so hurt. And then shortly after that, then probably about three years, four years later, then my mom died and I came home from work and my sister and I found her from a massive heart attack. Right. So I experienced this loss and I didn't know where to go with it. Right. And then two months after that, I lost my grandfather to COVID. Like it was just one after the other, after the other. And it was like, and then I got myself into that victim mentality of like, why me? Why are all these bullets coming at me? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I can't stop it. Like I achieved a lot in between the time that my dad died and my mom died in those three years. I became a a paramedic. I was in a specific, another specific job that just didn't work out. And I was just doing a lot of things and they were positive. And then all of a sudden, all of these things just came and hit me like a tidal wave. And probably for about four months, I was just super like just down. Right. And and obviously so, but more than I ever was like, I was not, not that I was making poor choices, but I was like, all right, whatever. It is what it is. Like, I don't really care if something happens or not. And then one day, I don't know what it, honestly, I don't know what happened. I just woke up one day. I'm like, you got to stop doing this. This is, this is not healthy. This is not okay. If, or all of this stuff that my parent, that my parents have taught me. And even, even through my dad's funeral, like, I think I was probably one of the strongest people there. Like there were lines out the door to see my dad and for me that showed me that he cared and that uh, the stuff that he passed on to me like i didn't even cry during my dad's funeral and not because i didn't actually i take that back when nypd handed me the flag when they were playing taps that i cried other other than that i i stopped crying and i don't know if it was because i was just emotionless like but the point i'm making is that i I was at a point where i needed to either get better i needed to look introspectively to myself and be like hey my parents have taught me all of this my entire life and now you're gonna throw it out the window by not doing what they showed you so after that i was like you know what let's go do something constructive and it turned out to be literally constructive and i uh, i took uh i got all the parts for a firearm and because from like listening to podcasts and i built my first rifle from start to finish uh chambered it did everything myself and then from there it just grew into this hobby where now it's part of my life see i knew i knew part of that i knew that you uh you were a gun enthusiast and i know you had put a couple of them together but i didn't know that the first thing that you did was physically put your own together that's that's awesome yeah i mean like i had like one like one ar like that was just when i was younger because i've always yeah. been into like the military and like and like firearm stuff but i needed to do something constructive to make myself maybe feel better i, I don't yeah. i'm not really sure if that's the right way to put it but i needed i needed a i've always been goal oriented and what i mean by that is like when i was younger when i was kickboxing like i would get i would go run because i had a goal in mind that i was fighting or I had a goal of studying because I was getting my pilot's license or I was becoming a paramedic or doing whatever. And I didn't, I lost that sight of that goal after my parents died because I was like, well, this is it. And then I was like, well, maybe not. Like there's a lot more goals and things you could achieve by just taking a step back for one second, looking, taking that 30,000 foot view and being like, all right, this, this is okay. It sucks, but it's okay. And then from that, I built my first firearm and I built 
like four or five after that. And I fix stuff all the time and I'm always tinkering with stuff. And I actually just got into reloading now. So it's just this progressive thing of like trying to make yourself and challenging yourself to be better every day. And at least for me, uh, I'm a very firm believer now, especially that people in their life should go through some, maybe some really hard earth shattering times to really find out who you are because yeah. a lot of times again we always we always like that that positive constructive stuff but you never can find out who you are it's like it's like a kickboxer right how are you going to find out who you are if you've never been punched in the face right? right and by going through seriously hard times you can either forge yourself from that fire and be that person that you want to be or you can let it eat you and destroy you and you could pick those two roads and it's they're very simple it's black and white and by doing picking one or the other i really th- think it speaks to people's character if you can take the time to build yourself into a better person from very very difficult times like what you said i mean if you don't have any kind of adversity in your life if you don't if you haven't been pushed to either the, your limits or you've been pushed behind your limits and you're trying to fight your way over top of that hill you are never going to accomplish what you want because you have to have some kind of adversity in your life to be able to let you know and be like hey this this shit's not easy this is hard and if it's easy it, this isn't this this isn't the right path, you know? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And like, so like we just did a, uh, as you mentioned before, a CF walk to try to yeah. raise money for CF, right? And luckily they've come out with amazing technology and new medicine now that has completely changed my life from, I mean, now like I wake up in the morning and I don't even have to do a nebulizer, like a, a breathing machine. Like yeah. it's completely changed my life. And one of the new things that I want, I was always a big runner when I was younger and I got away from it. And I, I think I was a big runner because I had to have the right cardio in order to to do karate and fight. And then I kind of got away from it. But at one of these walks, they, uh, this company or this um, foundation will sponsor you to run, like to do like a triathlon or, or whatever, whatever you want to do. And for me, my goal is I want to do a half marathon. I want to do a half marathon towards the end of the year, simply because it's hard, because I've never done it before. And I just want to do it to say that I had a goal. I oriented myself to the training. I stuck to, had the discipline to stick to the training program and to do everything every day to get better. And then I did it. So like like you said, I think if you don't challenge yourself, you become stagnant and you just, just, you don't grow, right? And that could be the smallest thing, right? Like that could be from just eating right. It doesn't necessarily have to be a physical thing. It's just, again, mindset is huge for that because you could do all the things that you want physically, but if you can't drag yourself out of your bed because you're tired in the morning, you're never going to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Right. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate having you on. Is there anything you like to plug? I mean, the, definitely give me the links for the CF, the foundation, um, your links as well. Um, I really love to uh, touch base with you like in a year from now and find out like how your stuff's going and your podcast and, you know, keep in touch with me for sure. We'll definitely see um, where we're both at at that point. Yeah, thank you. I, I really appreciate you having me on. This was, this was awesome, and I really do appreciate it. Uh, people can find me on Instagram and stuff, and I'll, uh, I'll send over the links. Uh, and for the CF Foundation, you can either go to Boomer Esiason. Uh, he's got a huge foundation uh, or great strides is uh, is the walk that you could do right. for, for CF to raise some money. Uh, so, again, thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I appreciate having you on as well. 